Well, uh, what we've been doing for uh, the last, well, week, I guess, last week, we kicked off a new series called Prayer in the Present Tense. Um, one of the things we've been doing in this series is we're trying to pay attention to the, the fact that in our prayer, we're not just sending out words to God, but actually God is with us. It's a relationship. That's why we pray. It's a conversation in a sense. We've been talking about that. Um, but we are going to hit pause on that this morning because we have a special guest with us today. Um, his name is Eddie Alleman, the Reverend Eddie Alleman. He is what they call the General Secretary of the Reformed Church in America. For some of us, we have no idea what that means or why that matters. Um, our church, Twin Falls Reformed Church, is a part of the Reformed Church in America. It's a denomination. I believe it's the oldest denomination in the country. Um, and um, in that denomination, part of our structure is we kind of have a figurehead. Um, we call him um, uh, basically our executive, in a sense, as a denomination. And he hops around from church to church on occasion, and he decided to come be with us today, and he's going to bring us um, God's Word this morning, which is pretty cool. Um, that's a unique thing. Not every church gets that. We, we do. So that is a blessing this morning. Um, and we are going to be uh, reflecting on Acts 1 8 today. And so if you have your Bibles this morning, go ahead and turn to Acts um, 1 verse 8. And um, our scripture reader this morning is going to be Aiden Visser. Um, Aiden, you can head on up to the platform right there. And what we do here as a church each and every week is we stand and we face the center of the room where the scripture is read. The reason we do this week after week after week is because this book contains the good news of Jesus. It's the greatest story ever told. It's a true story. And so, Aiden, when you're ready, take it away. But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you, and you will be my witness in Jerusalem and all of Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. And that's it. You may be seated. Thanks, Aiden. Hey, I'm going to invite up um, Reverend Eddie Alleman, and he's going to preach for us. you want to welcome him up, please? Thank you, John. Good morning, friends. Or should I say, buenos dias. I'm glad to be here. This is a, it's a beautiful opportunity to share with you this morning. And, uh, and to, to, to be here with you and, and sharing with you. Uh, my dear friend Alex uh, is with me today. Alex uh, worked uh, with, with us. In the, he's part of the development team. So he's, he's here with me today just to meet, meet new friends and, and share with you uh, this day. So I'm, I'm glad to be here. I started serving the Reformed Church in America as its uh, sixth general secretary. Uh, for me, to be honest, that was a, a big job. Uh, because I'm, I'm a regular guy who loves Jesus, and, uh, and I'm a pastor. I was a pastor before, uh, before coming to Grand Rapids, Michigan. That's where I, that's where I live. That's where our office is uh, in the Reformed Church. Uh, I was a pastor in California, so I did ministry in Southern California. I was a pastor at Emmanuel Reformed Church in California, and also I was a pastor in the Center Valley in Tulare, Chowchilla, and I did ministry in, in those areas uh, for about 10 years, uh, mostly church planting and equipping leaders and uh, mostly working in the... When I came to the Center Valley, I, I, I did ministry with, uh, uh, with the classes of Central California, reaching the Latino community in those areas. I was the first 
a Latino pastor coming to do ministry in the Central Valley of California. And uh, I, did, I did ministry. I know that ma many of you are in the dairy business, dairy farm business. So I, I did ministry with a lot of dairy farms in, in Tauchila and also in Tulare, uh, reaching out mostly the, the Mexican immigrants working in, so, in a lot of those farms. And uh, it, was a, it was a great thing to connect with them and, and, and do ministry in, in that context. Uh, then I was in, in Paramount, California, uh, connected with, uh, with the classes of California, reaching uh, the, the it was a, Emmanuel has become a multi-ethnic church, uh, which, is, which is great. So I was the pastor for five years, uh, doing church planting and also uh, doing the Hispanic ministry in that community. Uh, Paramount is about 84% Hispanic, so it's, it's a Latino community. So I, I did ministry there for, for uh, five years. Then I came to, uh, to uh, Grand Rapids to do Hispanic ministries for the Reformed Church in America and also to do leadership development. So that's what I've been doing for the last, for the last four years. And six months ago, uh, the Lord called me to be the general secretary for the Reformed Church. So I'm just getting my feet wet and understanding the job and uh, connecting with a lot of our churches. We have uh, we have about 1,000 churches, a little less than that, about 980 congregations uh, in the U.S. and Canada. Uh, we are the oldest the, you know, uh, denomination with continuing ministry in the U.S. So we have 390 years of continuing ministry in North America, which is, which is, which is amazing. I am amazed to see that. Mostly, you know, was... was uh, you know, born out of the of our Dutch immigrants coming from from the Netherlands um, uh, in those in those years, and you know when when the position came open and uh, for the general secretary, I said, "Well, I'm not Dutch. I don't know how is that going to work." <laughs> but I love my Dutch friends, so I I will need to change my name to Bander Aleman, or. <laughs> So <laughs> I was born in Nicaragua, so I, it, was, it was interesting to go through that process and, uh, and connecting with, uh, with the, 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 um, you know, the search team and all that. I was born in Nicaragua, if you see the map of Latin America. So Nicaragua is right in the middle. Uh, we're bordered with Honduras and Costa Rica. That's where I'm coming from. Uh, from, uh, from there, we moved to Canada. So we did, uh, 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 my family moved to Canada. So we're Canadians. So we are Canadian, uh, Nicaraguan, Canadian, American. <laughs> That's what we are. But God has been good to me. God has been good to us. And now I'm praying for the Reformed Church in America. And uh, every opportunity I have uh, to, to speak in in one or two of our churches, I, I'm sharing, you know, my heart with the congregation. I'm sharing my heart with, with the church about the importance of living in the power of the Holy Spirit. I think that is, a, 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 is crucial, especially in this time of our history, in this time of a lot of polarization, a lot of division in our, in our nation by many, you know, for many, many different reasons. So my call to the church right now is to say, okay, we need to, we need to hit pause and we need to go back to, 
to, to really learn to live in the power of the Holy Spirit. We need to hear Jesus one more time. And, and we, need to, we don't have to let whatever is going on in society to affect us. The way we do ministry, the way we, do, uh, we connect with one another, the way we're supposed to love one another, the way we're supposed to be engaged in the gospel of Jesus in, the, in our communities. So that is my calling for the church. So re, uh, we read this morning uh, from Acts chapter 1, verse 8. And this is a, a wonderful passage. You know, for me, uh, reading the book of Acts, um, it, is, it is one of the, the, the book of Acts, uh, some people say that it should be called uh, the, the Acts of the Holy Spirit. And I agree with that. So it's, it's the Acts of the Holy Spirit. From the beginning to the end, from the book of Acts, you see the work of God. You see the work of the Holy Spirit working in the church. So my invitation to the church, my invitation to our denomination, the Reformed Church in America, is to really listen one more time, to have, a, to, to, to have our ears open to the work of the Holy Spirit, to have our ears open to what God is saying to us today as we continue to do ministry, as we prepare to celebrate 400 years of mission and ministry in North America, and as we prepare to engage, you know, in our fifth century of work and mission in, in you know, in, into the world. So the Holy Spirit is, is often the forgotten member of the Trinity. So we Christians, you know, we study about Jesus in church. We know about God, but we often forget about the work of the Holy Spirit. Uh, but one thing is, is, is clear that for Jesus, you know, for the disciples, in this passage from 1.8, uh, you see the context of that passage in the beginning of chapter 1. You see the disciples uh, talking to Jesus. The disciples were connecting with Jesus and asking Jesus, what's going to happen, Jesus? Now you will be gone. Uh, now what's going to happen after? Are you going to give us freedom from, from the Roman Empire? Are you going to bring us the freedom that we need from, from the Romans? Or what's, what's, what's next? So the disciples were concerned about that. They didn't know what was going to happen because their leader, you know, has been crucified. The leader resurrected and now the leader is meeting with them. And they were concerned about what's going to happen about the future. Uh, and in this passage, in chapter 1, 8, uh, Jesus, just, Jesus just told them, stay here. Stay here. Do not move out of Jerusalem. Because you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you. And you will be my witnesses. You will be my witnesses in Jerusalem. And in all of Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. So, so the, the, the thing that they didn't understand was that Jesus was preparing them to be his witnesses in the world. So it wasn't about freedom from the Roman Empire. It wasn't about a, a freedom from the you know, abusive Romans. It was about becoming his witnesses to the world. And Jesus is saying, you know, the only way to be a witness of, for the gospel, a witness for God in the world, is to be empowered, is to be anointed by the Holy Spirit. Without the blessing, without the anointing of the Holy Spirit, we cannot do nothing. And Jesus was having that conversation with them. And it's, I believe it's an important conversation. An important conversation of what, what is the real calling that we have in our lives. 
And, and honestly, the real calling that we have in our lives is to share the gospel with all, other people. It's, it's to share the, the message of the good news of salvation in Jesus to many other people that are around us. So Jesus said, don't worry about the Roman Empire. Don't worry about what's going on. Stay here because you will receive the anointing of the Holy Spirit to be my witnesses. And I love how Jesus put it. First in Jerusalem. So that's, that's the closest part where they were meeting in that place, Jerusalem. Secondly, you will be, you know, my witnesses in Judea. So a, a little farther. You know, the, the, the region of, 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 of Israel. And then in Samaria. Samaria was a little farther. And, and also a, a connection to people that didn't actually connect, you know, with the, with the Jewish people. And then to the ends of the world. So the calling that we have from God is to be the witnesses of Jesus to the world. And my calling to the Reformed Church in America and to many of our congregations is actually to pay, to pay attention to that. that, that to, to really focus on the work of God in the world. So here, he says, you will receive power. You will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. So what comes after that, what comes after that commandment in the book of Acts, you know, it, it moves everything. If you read the book of Acts, it is amazing to see how this, the Holy Spirit was working. In chapter 2, chapter 2, you see the coming of the Holy Spirit. Chapter 3, you know, Peter and John and the disciples were empowered and a lot of people were healed. A lot of people were being free, freed from, you know, the, 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 uh, from, from, from the, spirit, the spiritual powers that were oppressing them. And then you see the chapter 6, now the growth of the church. They needed to choose elders and deacons to help. Because the disciples were preaching and they were, they were communicating the gospel. And you see the work of the Holy Spirit in every single area in those, in those times. The growth of the church. In chapter 9, you see the story of Paul. You know, when Paul was trying to stop the movement of the Holy Spirit. So the Holy Spirit shows up. Jesus himself shows up to, to Paul and, and call him to be a, 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 a missionary after that. That, that was chapter 9. Chapter 10, chapter 11, you see the church of Antioch and then the church of, uh, of Jerusalem trying to understand how, the, how God works, you know, with expansion of the gospel. Now many, many non-Jewish people were coming to the faith. Now the Gentiles in chapter 10, it's a beautiful story. It's a beautiful story of Cornelius on chapter 10, Cornelius and Peter. Cornelius was a, a guy who didn't have any understanding of the faith. Uh, Cornelius was a, a person that was a, you know, was a Roman soldier himself, and he was in charge of, 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 an, of, of a group of people that were soldiers also from the Roman Empire. But somehow Cornelius heard the voice of, of Jesus and become, you know, became a follower of the Lord in chapter 10 of the book of Acts. And you see Cornelius praying one day, and the Holy Spirit showing up to Cornelius. The Holy Spirit showing up to him and said, Cornelius, you need to bring Peter. You need to send for Peter to come here and he will teach you the message of the gospel. He will talk to you about the gospel. In chapter 10, Cornelius woke up from his vision, from his dream, uh, his connection, and then he called his two of his three people from, you know, some people from his, his home, and he went... And he sent them to find Peter. 
And Peter, on the other side, he also had a dream and had a, a kind of connection with God. He was praying. He was asking God about, you know, the, the, the expansion of the gospel. He was praying. And then the Holy Spirit shows up again, to, now this time to Peter. And the Holy Spirit is telling Peter, someone is going to come for you. You need to go with them. And then Peter, he sees a vision of animals coming down from heaven. You know, different kind of animals. And he heard the voice of the Spirit telling him, Peter, kill, stand up, kill, and eat. And then Peter complaining to God, how am I going to do that? I, I have never done that before. But Peter, the voice again, Peter, stand up, kill, and eat. But he said, I'm not supposed to do that. I'm a Jewish person. None of these animals have ever entered into my mouth. And then the voice one more time, the voice of the Holy Spirit telling him, Peter, stand up, kill, and eat. And then he just woke up. When he woke up from his dream, his vision, those guys from Cornelius' home were knocking on his door. It's a beautiful story of the work of the Holy Spirit. You know, when, when we hear the voice of the Spirit, the, the, the Holy Spirit invites us to do something that are out of the, out of the comfort zone from, from, for us. The Holy Spirit always invites us to go out of the box to reach those people that are far away from Jesus. Amen. And that's an important piece for us as we continue to do ministry, as we continue to do work. I, it is amazing that Peter decided to go with them. And then Cornelius in his home, he had a big house. He invited all of his friends, all of them Gentiles, you know, and Jewish people were not supposed to eat with Gentiles. They were not supposed to connect with them. And then in, at the end of chapter 10, you see the story of Peter when he comes, when he comes into that room and he says, I'm not supposed to be here. <laughs> this, is a, this is a house of a Gentile. I'm not supposed to be here. But this is what the Holy Spirit is doing. Can we hear the, 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 you know, the guidance of the Spirit, what the Holy Spirit is doing here? So he preached, and it was amazing to see what happened at the end of chapter 10. After Peter proclaimed the gospel, and then you say, what is the gospel? The gospel is the message of Jesus, the story of Jesus, the story of God coming to earth to live with us. That's the story of the gospel. So Jesus came from heaven. So God became a man. That's what we hear from the gospel of John. So in Jesus, God moved to live with us. That's the story of the gospel. Isn't that amazing to know that God is living with us in my home? God decided to move with us to live with me in my home in the person of Jesus. So that's the story of the gospel. So God came to be with us, to me, to live with me, you know, to, to live with a bunch of sinners, a bunch of people that, uh, you know, we had no connection, but God had mercy on us. And he sent his son. That's what we hear from, from Jesus. And Jesus is the word. And the word became flesh and made his dwelling among us. So God made his dwelling among us and decided to move in to live with me. That is an amazing story. And that's what Peter said. Peter said, this is the story of the gospel. So God came to, to, be, to be with us. Uh, Jesus proclaimed the forgiveness. Jesus proclaimed the message of the good news of Jesus. Jesus proclaimed forgiveness. 
Jesus died on the cross to make that a reality. And then he resurrected. You know, to show that, that with the power of God, everything is possible. And now this is the message of the gospel. And it, it is amazing to see the end of chapter 10 when the Holy Spirit one more time shows up and fills every single Gentile in that home. That is a beautiful story. And then Peter says, what am I going to do now? I don't know how this thing works. I don't understand. Because the Holy Spirit is always one step ahead of us. Amen? So God is always one step ahead of us, and we just need to catch up with God. And that's what we're doing right now in the Reformed Church in America. We're just catching up with the Holy Spirit and just asking the, the, our churches to, be, to, to, to remain faithful to the work you know, to, to the Word, to the Bible. I love how this, this congregation re reads the Word. I love that the Word is at the center of this. When, when we, you know, when you, when you gather at, to worship, hear the Word at, at the center. That's where it should be. It has to be at the center of everything that we're doing. But always open, you know, with our, ear op our ears open to see what the Holy Spirit might be doing. With the Gentiles coming into the, the church, and it is amazing that sometimes the church doesn't, doesn't, ha doesn't know how to deal with, with change. Because in chapter 15 of the book of Acts, if you continue reading the book of Acts, you come to chapter 15, they, they needed to have a special meeting. The church in Jerusalem, they had to have a special meeting. Why? Because a lot of Gentiles were coming to the faith. A lot of those people that were not supposed to be part of the church now are coming to the faith. What do we do now with them? So they had a meeting in chapter 15 of the book of Acts uh, to really see and understand, okay, what do we do now? <laughs> the Holy Spirit is messing up things. You know, we have, not, we have everything nice and clear, but now the Holy Spirit is doing something that we were not expecting <laughs> to happen. A lot of Gentiles are coming to the faith. What are we going to do with them? And they had a special, you know, special councils, you know, the history of the church. You had, they had special councils to find ways to deal with that. Um, and they had, a, they had a special meeting in chapter 15 to talk about, about, about that, um, to talk about you know, trying to understand what are we going to be doing with Gentiles. They don't do things like the way we do them. You know, these people are different. Um, these people follow different rules and they live their lives differently. And now the Holy Spirit is also anointing them. Um, you know, the Holy Spirit is doing things that are not, su not supposed to happen. Um, but what do we do now with them? That was the meeting of chapter 15 of the book of Acts. If you go home today and just read the, just read the whole book, 20, about 29 chapters, it is amazing. You will see the work of the Holy Spirit. But God is doing something new. Amen? Always God is doing something new. Always God is inviting the church. He's inviting the church to, to really get out of the box and try to, to do ministry in different ways, to invite different people. And, and I'm glad, you know, that, uh, that uh, General Synod decided to go out of the box and install me as the General Secretary for the Reformed Church in America. And I said, God is doing something new. You know, I, you know my first language is Spanish. 
I know that when, you know, when I, I preach in congregation, they will, they will hear that English is not my first language, which is great. You know, it's, God is doing something, something different. God is doing something new. And one of the things that I'm doing right now, I'm trying to, I'm trying to invite, you know, our, our general synod to start thinking differently. You know, to, to really adapting the way we're doing things because I believe that God is doing something new today and God will continue to do that. And God will continue. The only thing that we don't have to change is our understanding of Scripture. We need to be, you know, the, the Bible is foundational in what we're doing right now. So we need to remain faithful to the Word. We need to remain faithful to the Word. Now we need to change some things the way we're doing it. And, and that's what we're, we're processing right now, praying a lot to see what, what, what is the new thing that you, Lord, are doing. So living in the power of the Holy Spirit is important as we continue to do mission and ministry around, around the world. And I just want to give a couple, a couple practical ways how to live in the power of the Holy Spirit. I, I will not... Um, spend a lot of time, but I, I just want to give you a couple practical ways on how to live in the power of the Holy Spirit. So, number one, how to live in the power of the Holy Spirit? We need to be before God all the time. I love to hear that the congregation is going through that series on prayer. We need to pray. We need to go before God every single day. So, living in the power of the Holy Spirit starts when you get before God. James, the book of James, you know, James chapter 4 verse 8 says, Come near to God and he will come near to you. If you, if you want to see God near to you, uh, you need to come near to God all the time. So in the Reformed Church, I, I hire a coordinator for prayer mobilization to help us to pray more. We need to pray more. Amen? We need to bend our knees and come and bend our hearts and come before the Lord in prayer more than, you know, today more than ever. We need to know how to pray, you know, to have that communication with God. You know, reading the story of the Gospels, you see Jesus praying all night, you know, and it, not even sleeping. He was close to the Father. So we need to follow the example of Jesus, of prayer, and coming before the Lord all the time. So to, to, to live in the power of the Holy Spirit, to be open to, to be led by the Holy Spirit in things that we never have done before, we can, it can only happen when we have a prayer for life, when we come before the Lord and we practice that prayer. Even Jesus, before choosing his disciples, he prayed, and before doing anything, he showed us the importance of prayer. The second practical way to be, to be full of the Holy Spirit is to humble ourselves, is to be humble people before, before the Lord. You know, sometimes uh, uh, we are too full of ourselves, and that's a problem. When, we are too, when I'm too full of myself, there's no room for the Holy Spirit to do something in my heart, in my life. I just need to empty myself of myself and allow God to fill me with his spirit. So pride is, is not a good thing. You know, when we're trying to hear the voice of God, pride doesn't take us far. You know, if we, are, if we learn to empty ourselves from our, our own ideas, from our own prejudices, from our own way of thinking, and allow God to do something new, 
And I just coming, coming for the Lord and say, Lord, I need to humble myself before you. I just need to empty myself from my own ideas. And I need you to fill me, to fill my cup with your presence, to fill me with your presence, Lord. You know, it is important. Even James said, God opposes the proud, but chose favor to the humble. Humble yourself before the Lord, and he will lift you up. If you want to be lifted up, we just need to learn to be humble. And this is an invitation that I'm asking to the Reformed Church in America. And I'm asking to all of our churches. And I'm asking you uh, to involve Reformed Church this morning. We need to humble ourselves and empty ourselves and allow God to come before, before you know, allow God uh, to, to bless us and to fill our cup. And finally, <clears throat> obedience is important. How to be full of the Holy Spirit. You know, how to, 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 to really live in the power of the Holy Spirit when we practice obedience. Obedience is important. You know, I'm, I'm sharing about what it means to be a disciple of Jesus. Jesus invites us to follow him, but to follow him with a cross. So the cross of Jesus is important for us to be disciples. So the cross of Jesus is important for us to be disciples. We cannot be disciples of Jesus without a cross. So that means that obedience is important. You know, God will ask us to do some things that, you know, we don't like. We don't like those kinds of things. But we have to do them. Because, you know, the way to heaven is narrow. The way, uh, the other way is huge, you know, wide, but it ends in, you know... um, in, in a different place, but we need to come before the Lord. So, so obedience is important. And what we have seen in the church in North America, now I'm not going to talk about the Reformed Church. I'm, I'm going to talk about the church in North America. You know, the church in North America is in crisis. It's not where we see in Asia. You know, if you go to China, in different parts of Asia, or you go to Latin America, you go to, to Africa, the, the Holy Spirit, God is doing an amazing thing. In America, in North America, we are in trouble. I don't know if you have seen, you know, what's happening in the church in North America. You know what, why it is? Because many times we don't want to carry the cross of Jesus. So the cross of Jesus doesn't mean anything to a lot of people today. You know, now everything goes. And people want the church to accept everything also. So we don't talk about sin. We don't talk about repentance. We don't talk about, you know, uh, 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 about discipline. Because, you know, some people will get offended. And I I don't want to offend anybody. I want everybody to like me. (laughs) I want to be liked. But when we come to what it means when Jesus calls us to be obedient, to obey. You know, obedience is important. So... How, how can we live in the power of the Holy Spirit? When we come before God in prayer, you know, when we learn to humble ourselves and, and just say, Lord, I need to be empty of myself. And this is a question that we need to be asking all the time. How full of myself I am? Because if we are full of ourselves, we will never obey what the Word is saying, us, is saying to us. So this is my invitation to you as a congregation. This is my invitation to the Reformed Church in America. Let us practice obedience before the Lord. And let us remain faithful to that calling that we have from from Jesus. Amen. Let me pray. Thank you, Jesus, for your presence this morning. Thank you for giving us 
the blessings of your presence be with us as we continue to follow you, Lord. Help us to be obedient. Help us to always come before you. And help us, Lord, to listen carefully to your voice. We pray in the name of Jesus. Amen. As you leave this place to go and be Jesus' witnesses into the world, may the presence of God the Father, the guidance of God the Son, and the anointing of God the Spirit be with you forever. Go in peace.